I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. to the inspired evolution and it is an absolute treat to be here today i cannot even begin to confess we have with us panash desai panash how are you brother good bro that was uh, quite welcome i'm uh, <laughs> i'm very happy my volume and my headphones wasn't cranked completely i did warn you <laughs> look guys how's it going what's going on i haven't seen you since croatia it's been amazing. It's been amazing um, here in Thailand at the moment and uh, really blessed to tune in with you. I'm just going to uh, fill in those that are tuning into your vibe for the first time. Uh, Panash is a storyteller. He's an author, a thought leader, um, and humbly he doesn't really advertise this a lot, but an incredible international speaker. Um, and his calling, his passion in his life's work is to help people discover how to live their best life, yeah? And it goes real deep. Um, I don't want to blow the episode wide open, but let's go straight into it uh, right now. He believes that we have everything we need to live the life of our dreams. Um, we feel that we're broken, but we're not, right? Uh, we may believe that we're flawed, but that's also not true. We may have been told that we're the problem, um, but that's the greatest lie of all. And I can't wait to go all the way in on this. He's here to tell us the most important thing that we'll ever know is that basically that we are the solution. And man, it is such a deep message. It's been a, like he's holding that space. He's been featured on Oprah, Huffington Post, Dr. Roz. The message is that you are enough. And there's a book coming out uh, 2020, March 3rd, I think it is. I can't wait for this to drop. Man, it is such a pleasure and such a treat to have you here today. Thanks, brother. It's great to be with you too. And uh, just wonderful to share this space with you. So uh, I can't wait to get started either. Brother, look, I could uh, start in a million different places and I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story, but I really want to just get to like, you know, the heart of why I'm so inspired to have you on today. Um, and then we can just weave from there in a, in a fluid conversation. Um, you know, this whole concept of the fact that we are the solution, uh, we are already whole in the way that we are, um, I think is a, it's been a deep fascination of mine for a while. You know, it's that, you know, there is this expression of us that is naturally, like we are God's creation or whatever the universe expressing itself. Right. But then there's this consistent impetus on us to find personal development modalities and go and fix and heal things. And I've always been fascinated by the rub in that, you know, it's like I'm consistently improving myself, but at the same time, like I'm, I should like, am I not just like fine the way that I am? So uh, uh, that's a, a rub that most people are feeling right now in this space. And uh, it's something that I've had a very hard time with because I'm one of the, the, the people who's at the, kind of the pinnacle of this whole kind of genre. And so for me, um, actually, since the timing of this is perfect, I did a, a Facebook Live and I do this on a daily basis from my Facebook fan page. And it was all about this. So, and, and I'll just address it to you, Amrit, because I love you and, and it's a good place to start. 
So just imagine for a moment that if you didn't have your mind in the way that it was or didn't have belief systems in the way that they were or didn't feel the way that you feel on a daily basis or have the sensitivity that you have around life or look the way that you look, then you wouldn't exist. So all of these things that we're trying to fix, heal and change are just a part of what allows us to exist as human beings, as unique emanations of divinity. <clears throat> so at that point, when we look at it on, on the level of totality, every aspect of us has been created perfectly. And with your spiritual, religious, or scientific, it doesn't matter whether you believe that you're just an infinite event, whether you believe that you came from infinite love, or that you came from this divine presence, it doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. I'm right now in this moment, you are billions of years in the making. Think about that. You're billions of years in the making. You, you are literally the culmination of a wave of energy, a wave of energy, vibration, and frequency that is sitting here in front of me, having this conversation with me. I mean, if that isn't miraculous and if that isn't mind-blowing, then I don't know what is. Now, now, the problem with that is that you think on some level that there's something wrong with you because we're, we're, living, we're living our lives from the outside in instead of from the inside out. And I think that's the biggest issue. You know, we've been conditioned to believe that we're units of production and, and therefore we're units of production. We become units of consumption, right? And, and so every single one of us, the school system, uh, society and all of these things, we've received this conditioning that who we are isn't enough, right? And we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. We're constantly giving greater metrics of success. But the truth is that all of these people that are on the Forbes list, we don't know what their emotional intelligence is. We don't know how happy they are. We don't know about the trail of carnage that they're left in the wake in order to be successful in the form of failed marriages or children that have been neglected or their health issues, right? So, so it is like we have to stop using false metrics and we have to start using metrics that, that are sustainable, that, that actually work. And the only definition for success that works for me is peace. And here's why. I have friends that have, that have played the game at the highest level, that are, that are playing the game at the highest level, but any bigger. Okay? And these people are producing uh, the equivalent of most small nations' GDPs okay? by themselves. All right? yeah. So they, they fall into two, two categories. The first category is they're absolutely neurotic, unable to find a moment of peace in the midst of that experience. And their health isn't good. Their, their relationships aren't that great. Uh, basically, every area of their life is, is waning other than the success because that's all they care about. Right. It's 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 that list and it's about that that marker, that milestone, which is mm -hmm. self-image, identity, ego, right? Mm -hmm. Then there are people understand that it's about their health and well-being. It's about the quality of their relationships. It's about the degree to which they're able to be present for other people. And I think that there's a big difference for me. And and not, not only do I think that there's a big difference, but I know how it feels. Okay, when we start to go against our inner harmony and alignment in order to have things. Okay. So for example, you know, I have four kids. Right, these children are my priority in life. So, and I and I'm married. I have my parents. Right, I have a I have a life. Right. So, so basically, if my success is getting in the way of my ability to connect with my children, mm. or to have intimacy with my wife, or to have a meaningful connection with my parents that's rooted in uh, something deep at the level of the heart, then then all of the success that's being generated, everything that's being uh, born as a result of my willingness to be Panache is for nothing. Mm. Because at some point, I'm going to have to take every penny that I've made to remedy the relationship, to remedy the fact that I wasn't available for my children, or to live with the fact that I wasn't able to spend the time that I wanted to with my parents before they transition. Yep. So, so what we're looking at is a level of unsustainability. It's, it's like our boat has hit the edge of our reality. And, and we have to wake up. We've got to wake up because the truth is playing the game and, and being a unit of production. And, the, and by the way, the, the more successful you become, the bigger your expenses are. So the better you Gas always fills the balloon, doesn't it? <laughs> the, the better you are at, at, at the consumption part too, you're just consuming at a higher level, right? So where you used to go to H&M and buy a t-shirt for $9.99, yeah. Now you're going to YSL and buying a T-shirt for a thousand dollars, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so there's no end to it. 
And what I'm saying is that ultimately in who we are, we're enough. Like, Amrit, you're beautiful, man. Like, like, from the moment I met you, like, I just love you because you're just who you are, right? And that to me is everything. Plus, you're Indian. I love you. I love that. <laughs> because the truth is that there aren't many Indians in our a space. So, so when I meet someone who's Indian and who's really empowering people and who comes from that cultural heritage, which is a 5,000 year old tradition and has a depth of understanding and a depth of awareness, it means the world to me. So that's basically kind of the snapshot of, of what I'm experiencing and, and what people are experiencing that I'm either coaching or mentoring or working with in some capacity. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm really honored to to just yeah have that incredible reflection reflected back at me. There was a point that you touched on in there um, in that, you know, there's 5,000 years of like wisdom in and around, you know, like these cultures that we're emerging from. Um, but then we spend a lot of impetus on, and I'm literally paraphrasing you and I might be doing it wrong, but I think succinctly uh, 40 years of compartmentalized fact finding, I think is uh, is how you narrowed it down. And I was like, Boom, <laughs> you know, like that landed so hard, so deeply, so well for me um, that I was really, you know, and I think a lot of what you're speaking to in around that is like even maybe even from that space, asking the question, like, where did these metrics come from, you know, in these last 40 to 50 years as we've been through this industrial revolution, um, you know, we're consistently engaged with, you know, I think you've referred to it as the illusion. I'm a big fan of design. And I think that you have to go back to the original intention behind the design. So what's the function of the school system? The function of the school system is to create a docile, compliant workforce. That's the function of the school system. That's what it's for. What you have to do is do your research. Mm. Okay. Do your research. As soon as you as soon as you start to understand the intention of the design is, you can begin to figure out what the inherent limitations are in that system. Okay, right. so if, if schooling is, is solely is solely there to provide a docile and compliant workforce, okay, so basically you're being trained to be a unit of production. Yeah. Okay, you're being trained to be a unit of production from, from the age of about five is when it begins, okay? And uh, that's what the school system is for. And people who are great at school, right, because there are people who are fantastic at school, go on to be able to um, produce as a part of the system. Of course. Okay. That's what they're trained to do. Right. But, but the problem is that most of us weren't great at school, okay, because we're conscious disruptors. Like on some level, we knew that it wasn't about just taking facts that are just being bombarded and into us on a daily basis or, or looking at information or looking at a version of history that may or may not be accurate and just taking it as it's being presented. Like, I feel like the reason why the existing systems and structures that, that, we're, that we're engaging with as conscious and awake human beings, it's because we're seeing through the greater intention and the greater reasoning behind why certain things are happening the way that they are. So, for example, let's just say for argument's sake that you, you go to university, you, you, you graduate from university, you go into the workforce. Well, the more docile and the more compliant you are, the, the more likely you are to advance in that, in that job and in that career. Okay? Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, if you're awake, and, and, and by, by waking up, we become authentic. We become naturally, consciously disruptive. We don't even mean to do it, right? We, because all of a sudden, we have authenticity Tourette's. It's like, well, you know, I, don't, I don't believe that version of history. Or why does, our, why does our industry have to function this way? So, for example, let's say you're a doctor, right? Let's just say, for argument's sake, that you're a doctor. Yep. Okay, and you graduate medical school, and you go into the system. Now, the reason why you became a doctor is because you love people, mm-hmm. because you want to help people. Yep. But the problem is the very second you get onboarded as a part of the medical system, and it's all about billing and insurance, at that point, that human element, that human element gets drummed out of you pretty quickly. Absolutely. It comes down because, sometimes because to success rates even with treatments. And it's... There, there you go. So, so, so at that point, what's happening and what I've been noticing is that our humanity is being systematically drummed out of us. Yeah. It's not okay to have an original thought. It's not okay to feel. It's not okay to express uniquely. And if you do, you'll be judged, you'll be shamed, and you'll be very quickly put back into whatever box they can put you back inside of to be able to control and manipulate you. Yeah. Okay? And that's what's happening. And all you have to do is look at any medical whistleblower mm-hmm. or any doctor that's come out to speak against the machine. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you can see that there's a character assassination, that in every instance, that person is made wrong, Mm. and they are 
immediately cut off from that circle that they're a part of. They're immediately shunned. Okay, now that's just one example. We can use that same example anywhere. Now, what I have to say to you, all of you from around the world that are tuning into this, is that you're not the problem. <laughs> you're not the problem. You're just operating inside of a framework that's too small. It's too limiting, right? And I've gone through my own uh, journey with this in spirituality and personal development mm -hmm. because I've realized, you know, kind of how these machines are working. Mm. And in some ways, they've been co-opted. Yep. Uh, and they've been co-opted uh, to keep people in cycles of adaptation. And adaptation isn't transformation. So, for example, if you're engaging in a practice, mm. but you're not actually uh, connected at the level of vibration and frequency, or you're not authentically engaging in that practice. So let's say, for example, you start from this notion that you're broken. Mm -hmm. And the reason why you start meditating is because you feel like there's something missing or you're broken, right? Or you need to attain something, uh -huh. okay? Well, you and I both know that there's nothing to attain, that, that that's, not the, that's not the purpose of the spiritual journey. The, the purpose of the spiritual journey is an unlearning. Mm -hmm. It's an unwinding of that conditioning. It's an unwinding of everything that's inside of us. And that's the function of the spiritual journey. It's not about attaining something. It's not about achieving something. It's not about becoming some other version of who we are. It's about relaxing into the core foundation of being that's mm. ever present, that's become covered over. Mm. Okay. It's become covered over. By, exactly. Now, let's look at personal development. So, what's personal development about? Personal development is about making the ego more effective. <laughs> I love the way you just cut right through that. It's so true. Why? <laughs> right? But why? Why? Right? Because yeah. if the ego, if the ego is more effective, it can produce more. And then it can consume more at a higher price point. <laughs> yeah. So it all boils down to the fact that all we're doing is going through personal development because if we learn to communicate in a better way, sell in a better way, market in a better way, all these things, right? Then at that point, we can make more money. But at that point, making more money allows us to consume at a higher price point. Increasing the size of the hamster wheel. <laughs> Exactly. So, so my biggest uh, challenge has been waking up in the middle of this Yeah. to see that every existing system and structure that we're participating in doesn't actually advocate on behalf of you. Yep. It doesn't. There isn't actually a conversation that's advocating on behalf of you. And that for me was super hard mm -hmm. because here I was in the, in the presence of a, a field Yep. that's supposed to be empowering people and that's supposed to be guiding people back to the truth that lives inside of them, but that isn't happening. Yeah. All of a sudden, because we're externalizing everything, mm -hmm. right? we're giving away our power, we're giving away our potential, we're making it about techniques and modalities, we're making it about teachings, we're making it about teachers, we're making it about now the consumption of content mm. instead of about turning inside, turning our focus and our awareness and our attention inside and actually being with who we are, okay? So now all of a sudden, instead of having a God-given identity, Panache, this is the way I was born to be, mm -hmm. okay? I was created to be this way. This is billions of years of evolution here, okay? So instead of being at peace with being myself, now I have to become a spiritual version of myself or I have to become a personally personally developed version of myself mm -hmm. in order to find a sense of belonging in this field called transformation. Mm. All the while missing the point that some of the greatest spiritual teachers in the world sat naked under a tree without a website, without an Instagram, without Facebook, without Wi-Fi, and they would simply just live in a state of absorption in the self, in the truth of who they were, and the world would come to them. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At some point, we have to revert back to this pre-mechanistic agenda. Mm. And we also have to revert back to this pre-internet way of being. Because the truth is that I think that, I think that the internet and, and social media, these things are just amplifying our distortions. Yeah. I, I think that that's why now depression, anxiety, and suicide are at an all-time high. Because the metric and the barometer for what it means to be human is unobtainable. Because people aren't posting the reality and the truth of what's going on inside. Yeah. They're posting what's going to get the most likes. They're, po- they're presenting the, the epitome of the unsustainable self-image of the truth of what it means to be human. Mm. Like if an alien actually came down to this planet and looked at people's Instagram feeds and, 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 looked, at, and, and looked at people's timelines, that alien would feel depressed and suicidal <laughs> and, and have anxiety as well. Because I'm sure that the metric of being human is also unsustainable on a, on an ET level. Mm. Yeah, and I think that speaks really deeply to um, you know the these separation, anxiety, depression. I've been doing a lot of work in around the mental health space, and they've started to blanket these terms together to really address what's going on, and they call them diseases of loneliness. Um, mm. And I think you know uh, even listening to you know a big part of what your talk has been centered around consistently and why I, I love your message so much is connection is my highest value. And I see you like, like literally holding a banner and a flag for it consistently. Yeah. I'm, I'm like the, the scout that goes over the hill and gets shot with all the arrows. <laughs> and then I come back and go, Hey, listen, there's a lot, there's a lot of them over there, but, but you need to come with me. It's safe. I've, I've taken most of the hits and most of the arrows. I'm, I'm behind you. <laughs> come with Glad me. You paid the way. <laughs> So, and, and this is why I love you, bro, because I think what we have to do is create a new, pa- new, a new genre, a new paradigm. I, th- I think that the, the, my biggest realization has been that the very second that we subscribe to any of these boxes, author, speaker, uh, any of these labels, they're all limitations. Absolutely. Because who we all are is infinite consciousness, guys. Mm-hmm. Who you are is infinite. And the reason why you suffer is because you subscribe to boxes of limitation in order to find belonging. Mm-hmm. Okay? Your infinite consciousness and you're subscribing to boxes of limitation in order to find belonging. And human beings find belonging through suffering. Why? Because we have had our natural, God-given potential conditioned out of us from the moment we were born. It's not okay to think the way we think. It's not okay to feel the way we feel. It's not okay to look the way we look. Now, all of a sudden, there's a framework for what we're supposed to look like, for the clothes we're supposed to wear, for where we're supposed to live, for what life is supposed to look like. And as much as we have those metrics, just in an ordinary, everyday context, we have those metrics now in spirituality. So, for example, if you're spiritual and you meditate, you're not supposed to think thoughts. If you're, if you're a spiritual, then you're not supposed to feel anger or, or any kind of fear or sadness inside of you. Yeah. Okay? If you're, if you're spiritual, then you're not allowed to be materialistic. Mm. Okay? So, so there are all of these inherent limitations that are deeply embedded and encoded in all of these boxes that, that we are defined as, mm-hmm. right? But the problem is that at some point we have to realize that those boxes just bring suffering. We have to have the courage to be ourselves. So I'm re- we're in the middle of a revolution here, brother. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is a revolutionary hour for all of you because guess what? You're enough in who you are, guys. You're enough in who you are. No matter how much you play the game, you'll never be enough for the world. You'll never be enough for the world. No matter how much you play the game, you'll never be enough for the world. But at some point, you have to realize that you are enough for who you are. You have to wake up. And then at that point, you can engage in it to the degree to which you want to engage in it. Understand that it's a game. Understand that you're trading your time for money. You're trading your time for something. Okay? So if you're trading your time, which is the only commodity for something, then let that something that you're trading your life and your time be something that's worthwhile. 
I love that. And so in and around that, for those of us that are struggling with that feeling of not being enough, you know, because um, I know you, you speak a lot to emotions. Uh, you know, there's <laughs> now there's so many of us running around going, uh, you know, emotions are just energy in motion, but I know you have played a key role in bringing that to the masses, man. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about being with our emotions and allowing that to actually be? So um, Nikola Tesla spoke of uh, reality in probably the most beautiful way. He said, if you want to understand reality, think of it in terms of vibration frequency. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had the deep honor and privilege of being interviewed by Oprah in 2014 on Super Soul Sunday. And she dedicated an entire uh, show to me. And uh, one, of the, one of the concepts that was very um, honored to be able to bring to the forefront of the collective conversation was that emotions are just energies of motion. Uh, also, I was able to bring into being a brand new paradigm of transformation yep. because prior to that conversation, it was all about your thoughts and changing your thoughts and, and shifting your beliefs and that, you know, and it was all very mental. And that's a very Western framework for transformation. You see, in, in, in the Eastern world, for example, in India or in China or in any mystical or esoteric system, uh, there's this deep understanding and knowing that everything is energy. Mm. Okay. Everything is energy. Everything is vibration. So in some ways, uh, what we've done is taken the pure potential of understanding that everything is an energy, everything wants to live in a state of flow, and we've now introduced the step of trying to understand it, trying to in some way uh, cognitively uh, quantify it, Mm. okay, or spend time on a mental level going through why this is happening and out of that. So there's an analysis that's been introduced. And the reason why that was introduced was because the mind was given more importance than being. Yep. Okay. So this is a concept I'm going to break down for people because this is very important. Being is the foundation of everything. Who you really are right now is awareness. You're a field of awareness. Let's just say it's who you are. Okay. So every, and everything is happening inside of this field of awareness. Mm-hmm. Thoughts are happening inside of that field of awareness. Beliefs are happening inside of that field of awareness. Anger, sadness, fear, anxiety, depression, insecurity is happening inside of that field of awareness. But the common misconception is that we think that we are our thoughts. We think that we are our beliefs. We think that we're our bodies. We think that we're all of these things that are finite. Mm. But who we really are is this infinite field of awareness. And everything's happening inside of that infinite field of awareness. So what does that mean? That means that it's our role as conscious human beings, because by virtue of the fact that you're hanging out with my brother, Amrit, you're a conscious human being, okay? So by as conscious human beings, all we have to do is observe the mind, observe the emotions, observe the body. Why? Because in our ancient scriptures, it says that the highest form of spiritual practice is to observe oneself without judgment. Mm. It doesn't say that we have to fix ourselves. It doesn't say that we have to heal ourselves. It doesn't say that we have to do anything. Actually, what it points to, and it's a much deeper truth, is that in that moment, when we're angry, we're sad, we're thinking, or we're stuck in a belief, if we actually do something, it's perpetuating that experience of suffering. Mm. It's perpetuating it. <laughs> That's deep. The very second we introduce fixing, healing, and changing, yep. or trying to, trying to think the positive thought, instead of having it over, over a perceived negative one, mm. right? at that point, we are perpetuating the suffering. So again, the highest form of spiritual practice is to observe oneself without judgment. Okay. And I'm not the first person to say this. I'm I'm proud to say that I'm part of a 5,000 year old lineage of beings who have taken the time to go so deeply inside themselves that they've been able to uncover the truth of what it means to be human. That all of these things were written in the Vedas, that that we have all of these awarenesses and insights that, that predate us. It's just that we're not looking to the ancient truths for the truth anymore. We're looking inside of a transformational window of 40 years for the truth. And that transformational window is all about the mind. And here's why. All of these New Thought churches, Unity Church, Science of Mind, all of these things, they borrowed from Eastern philosophy. But they had to repackage our cultural heritage in a way that the Western uh, framework could receive it, and at that point Incredible. in the development of the West, at that point in the development of the Western world, it was very mental. Mm. It was all about the mind. Yeah. So their approach was geared toward the mind. The only problem is that the Western transformational paradigm hasn't evolved beyond the mind. Mm. We're still talking about 
positive thoughts, affirmations, visualizations, and all of these things are useful. Don't get me wrong. They're all useful right now. If you're suffering and the best that you can do is think a positive thought, okay, that's great, man. Like do whatever it is that you need to do. Mm. But I just want to give you the core snapshot of what's really happening here. And what's really happening is that transformation is happening in the modern context uh, in a 40-year window from like the 1960s or 70s, which is the moment when esoteric wisdom and teachings began to infiltrate the Western world through the influx of gurus and teachers uh, from India uh, into Western society. Mm. However, uh, the teachings and the way in which we go about facilitating transformation, something that I've come to call vibrational transformation, mm -hmm. uh, and we'll get into that a bit more, uh, actually, uh, basically, has been lost. Yep. Has been lost, okay? Because now we're all about just the mind. And, and so what I'm saying... Context, yeah. Exactly. And, and that's why now we're, we're in adaptation. Mm. We're in adaptation. Because the mind doesn't have the capacity to deliver transformation. At best, the mind is supposed to be a stupid servant of the heart. <laughs> I love the mind that. doesn't have the ability, okay, to transform anything, mm. okay? And, and I can say that to you, brother, because for 40 years now, we've done everything that we've been told that we need to do. We've stuck post-it notes on the wall. We've stuck post-it notes on the ceiling. We've stuck post-it notes in the toilet. We've done positive affirmations. We've done uh, beliefs. We've done walking meditations. We've done sitting meditations. We've done everything that we've been told that we need to do. But yet, how many people are actually free today because of engaging in those practices? Yeah. Yeah. So the proof for me is in the reality of how many people have actually gotten free through mm. doing those things. Yeah. So we have people that have become smarter lab rats. <laughs> Okay, they know how to navigate their way through the maze without getting shocked. Mm. They're able to get more cheese. Yeah. Okay, they're able to, to navigate their way around it to get more cheese. Okay, so, so basically now spirituality and transformation has been co-opted as a methodology to facilitate a greater level of production mm. and thereby a greater level of consumption. Mm, and there we are again. And that's what happens. And that's what happens when something becomes a billion-dollar industry. <laughs> right? So, for example, for example, when hip hop first started, yep. there was such a passion in hip hop. It was a calling yep. for people. Like they were on the corner. They had their boom boxes. They were just playing music for the love of playing music. Great now it's a billion-dollar industry, and we and we have people that are just you know sipping lean, you know mumbling doing doing everything that everyone else is doing that's getting yeah. getting to be successful it's the same video the same everything there's no originality in the genre at all right mm. and the very second there is originality and it's successful all of a sudden everyone jumps in that lane yeah. right? <laughs> it never used to be that way it never used to be that way yeah. like you know th there, there was a real calling there and it used to be the same thing as spirituality mm. you know for me this is a calling it's never been a career yeah that's why i'm always just going to give it to you how it is because i love and respect you all too much Right, like, like I just love and respect everyone that's here too much to just keep feeding them the same old nonsense, keep feeding them empty food that isn't nourishing. Right, that's what we have now. We have this fast food form of spirituality, personal development, and transformation yeah. that, it, that doesn't have any nutrients to it because it's not being shared from the depth of inner exploration. Now it's being recycled. The same information is being recycled. The same books are being written over and over again. There's, there's nothing happening in the space that is evidence of a calling. Mm. Now all it is is a career. That's all it is. Yeah, I love what you're sharing. And uh, it really speaks to me, the, the respect and the trust that you have in the people that you're communicating to as well consistently. You know, I've had people interview guests come along to the podcast and we've sat and had these uh, had these conversations. Even this is case in point. You know, we started with basically my deepest curiosity having this conversation with you at point zero in terms of personal development and, spirit and uh, being fine the way that we are. Um, but people have consistently left the episode going, that well, that was like really deep. I hope your audience can handle that. And I'm like, mate, like... <laughs> handle it like I love and respect them so much that I owe them like everything you know for them to like really go yeah. as deep as I can humanly possibly take them because I respect their journey as, as as much as I possibly can there was this thing that you were talking about in terms of uh energy 
and like uh, throughout consistent cultures, you know, like energy's always been there. And there's been these, um, there's been a couple of ancient cultures that I've come around that, you know, I love like language is such an epic tool and it has evolved our consciousness to the nth degree. But I just want to anchor that in a little bit, that conversation, because some of these ancient cultures, they didn't have words for sorry. They didn't have words for thank you. They just understood the energetically, like if I wronged you, it was now energetically on me to make it right to you, not just throw a word and like let's stick the energy and then sort of leave, you know, um, or even gratitude. It was like you actually did went out of your way to do something for me. Now I just say thank you and I acknowledge and I move on. But previously it was like, no, you actually, Panache, like you did something for me. Thank you so much for showing up to like give an interview. And, and it was energetically on me to then do the best I could in return as a favor. Um, and even just like, you know, we start talking about these tools and they seem like, okay, maybe I'm meditating and like maybe I'm like journaling and these tools out there. But language is a tool, you know, and it's like a, a fundamental tool that we're engaged with. With. And in and around that, you know, language really programs the mind. And there's this thing that you eloquently, so eloquently uh, delivered, which is, and I, I love that it's going to trigger some people here, but you don't believe anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't. Tell us more about that. <laughs> because, because, because the truth is that if we are engaging at the level, that I would rather know something than believe in something. Mm. And knowing comes from personal experience. And believing comes from me agreeing uh, with somebody else. <laughs> so, so, you know, you're Australian. Uh, you know, it would be like me taking you to uh, Alaska and saying, okay, I'm rich, show me around. <laughs> All right, where would you start? You don't even know where to start because you've never been there. You're from Australia. You're not even, you've never seen an iceberg in your life. What are you going to do? Uh, and then you see, and then you see a like, polar bear. You're gonna freak out and lose your shit. So, so at that point, it's like you know. But but if I want to come to Australia, yeah, Melbourne, and you're from there, now you would be a really good tour guide. I might be able to help you spot a kangaroo. The problem is, the problem is, right? The problem is this: that we don't have tour guides that have really done the depth of the inner exploration that they need to in order to help people. Okay. What people don't know about me is that I had a, a huge experience when I was about 22, 23 years old, primarily because I was very skeptical, especially being Indian, okay? Yeah. Because I could always feel the intentionality in people. And, yeah. you know, on the weekends, we'd go see gurus and teachers and, they, and, and you, know, you line up for a couple of hours and give you a piece of fruit and they buck you on the head with peacock feathers, you know, and, and every single time that that would happen, they would say to me, thank you for incarnating with and waiting for you. And I just thought that that was the weirdest thing ever, okay? Yeah. And, and I could see also where they were coming from energetically in themselves, yeah. right? And some of them had great intentions, but they didn't have the ability to actually transform. There, there, was, there was no transformative power in them. Right. Okay, so in our cultural heritage, that transformative power is called Shakti. Yep. Okay, in, in the shamanic tradition, they call it mother. It's, it's always the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. In Christianity, mystical Christianity, it's the Holy Spirit. Yep. Okay. So, so there's a transformative power that exists in every culture and every system. But you know what? That transformative power has been written out of our transformational history. Mm. People think that they have the capacity on an egoic level to transform their lives. The ego doesn't have the capacity to transform. Okay. The ego's role is to adapt, is to survive. So what does the ego do? The, the ego protects and defends the parts of us that are hopeless, wounded, or powerless. Okay, so now all of a sudden the ego is adapting in the space. But how about we just unleash that transformative power of the Shakti, the Holy Spirit, whatever name you want to use, like every system and every culture has this ancient power that's dormant at the base of the spine. Mm -hmm. But once awakened, facilitates transformation because mm -hmm. what it does is it liberates us of all of the imprints. Imprints meaning, um, for example, anything from the past that was painful that you haven't dealt with becomes an imprint. And it distorts the way you see the world. Mm. So when I see the world, I see love. Mm. But when most people see the world, they see their own distortions. Absolutely. Okay? So for example, if you have pain from the past and you haven't done the work on, on uh, taking a look, and the work means having a look at what's hard to look at, okay? Like, if you have a look at the pain, have a look at the, have a look at being selfish have a look at being envious have a look at being jealous have a look at being angry have a look at all of these things because in seeing it we're making it conscious and by itself it is transforming <laughs> it doesn't remain unconscious anymore okay that's the transformative power 
of self-observation and inner inquiry. Okay, it's and and the problem is this that there's no answer to the question who am I, because who I am can never be defined. Who am I is a question that doesn't need an answer. Yeah. You know? And and what is my purpose? My purpose is to be myself. Mm. My purpose is to be my my God-given self, my created self. And transformation is reverting back to the natural you, to the natural you, before the brainwashing, before the mass hypnosis, before the need to transform, before the need to improve, before the need to become a better unit of production and a better unit of consumption, before all of that, who are you? And who you are is love. Who you are is love. You came from love. You're here to express love. And when you leave, you're going to return to that love. So then how about in the time that we're here, we get off the hamster wheel? <laughs> how about in the time that we're here, we opt out of the game? Mm. Because, because we've now been doing this transformational paradigm for 40 years. Yeah. Working. Mm. It's not working because the same people are on the same teleseminar calls buying the products over and over and over again. And the fact that they're coming back means that it isn't working. Mm -hmm. We're consuming, we're consuming, and we're consuming, but we're not transforming. Yep. So then at that point, we as people that are providing transformation have to be accountable and responsible for why that isn't happening. Makes sense. That's why I've opted out of the majority of everything to do with our genre. Mm. And, and, and I've always been that way. Yep. Because I love and respect people too much, bro. Like, I want you to, to find a peace inside of you that's unshakable. <laughs> the only way that we get there is by getting off the hamster wheel yeah. of consumption. Because now our consumption has become courses and workshops and material. And people can say, yeah, Panache, but you offer those things too. I do. But I offer them as a means to get back to yourself. Mm. I'm not creating them as a way to create dependency. Mm. Okay. I have no problem addressing anyone in my community and telling them, hey, you know what? You've been coming back here and you've been repeating over and over again. Maybe this isn't working for you. Mm. That's how much I love and respect. That's, that's, that's how accountable and responsible we have to be in that's ourselves. Yeah. But that's why I'm still here after 20 years. Because I have a calling. I'm here, I have a calling. You know, I'm like when I was 18 years old, bro, I didn't envision this. Like, you know, if you'd have told me I was going to be on Oprah and I was going to write a best-selling book and I was going to be traveling and speaking, there's no way. Like, I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, you're just, what are you talking about? You're just trying to, give, like, you're just trying to give me the same, the, the same answers all of these gurus and teachers gave me when I was a kid, right? So now you're trying to tell me I'm in spirituality. So I am the most reluctant messenger in the world. I think that's why God chose me, right? Because had I been a, a voluntary messenger, <laughs> I would have been completely ineffective at yeah. waking people up. I would have been completely ineffective at delivering transformation. So we have to evolve the whole paradigm because it's not working. You know, I've got a conference coming up August 23rd through 26th in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. And I have hand selected every presenter there. And here's, here's why. Because for them, it's a calling. Yeah. It's not, it's not about people coming and doing a bunch of PDF presentations and, and selling a book or selling a program. It's not about that. The, this yeah. is their calling. Mm. This is who they are. So that. these people are out there. Mm. Okay. But these people more often than not aren't given a platform. They're not given a voice. They're not given an opportunity to express because it disrupts the status quo. Mm -hmm. We have to start participating in this dumbed down version of transformation and spirituality. And we have to start getting back to the core essence and the truth of what we are doing. And, and, I, and I, I promise you this, right now in this moment, mm. you're not broken, you don't need healing, you don't need fixing, you don't need a teaching. Right now in this moment, you are, you are a unique emanation of divinity and love. You're beautiful. And all of those things that you're in opposition with just need to be accepted. Because right now, if any of those things were to cease to exist, you wouldn't be here. Mm. I wouldn't get the opportunity to love you. So why are we being so hard on ourselves? Why? If the version of us the way we are is enough, let's wake up and be that version because maybe that's how we generate more money. It's how we become healthier. It's how we have more intimacy. It's how we live our life in peace. It's how we navigate parenting consciously. Maybe the answer and the solution all along has been being you. Just do you. Just be you. Just be you and do you. And watch what happens. 
I love this thing about the truth, how it's always simple. <laughs> you know, it's like been my like number one dissemination tool. It's like if someone's overcomplicating something, I'm like, what are you trying to sell me, bro? <laughs> you know, the truth, be you, always yeah. super simple, you know, and I love that. And um, the, simpler, yeah, the simpler it is, the reason why you like it, Amrit, is because the simpler it is, the closer it is to the soul. Mm, yeah. When someone's direct and they're just giving it to you, from that state and you can feel the impact of what they're saying, it means they've done the work, bro. It means they've gone inside. It means they've taken the time to integrate everything inside of them. That's what allows them to speak with that power because at that point, it's not even them speaking anymore. Mm. They're streaming. There's something greater flowing through them into this world, okay? And that's our potential. When we, when we resolve all of these inputs on an individual level, we open up to the universal version of who we are, to the more dynamic, expanded version of who we are. But that doesn't have anything to do with panache. It doesn't have anything to do with armor. Mm. It has to do with the fact that we've addressed what we have to on a personal level so that we can be of service and allow what wants to move through us to move through us because that's all we're doing, bro. We're streaming. That's why all these streaming services are so popular because human beings are streaming. We're streaming. Words are streaming through us. Energy streaming through us. Love is streaming through us. Transformation, grace is streaming through us. It's, it's with the excuse to which it's happening. Mm. We can't even take credit for it. Mm. We just happen to be the excuse to which it's happening. And the degree to which you've taken the time to clean the lens, mm. to clean that unique lens of perception yeah. is the degree to which that can fully stream through us. I love that. There's a key thing in and around all of this that we're, uh, that you touched on, um, acceptance, you know, in order to allow, you know, what is being streamed through to be streamed through like emotions. We were, we were talking about earlier, yeah. you know, in terms of coming to that place of acceptance, is there some support we can offer those that are listening in from your perspective? Absolutely. So the, the first thing that you need to know is that there's nothing wrong with your anger. There's nothing wrong with your sadness and there's nothing wrong with your fear. The reason why You've been made to believe that there's something wrong with that is because all of a sudden, if you're in your emotion, you're less productive. Mm. So, so if you're angry, you're no longer a docile, compliant member of the workforce. Yeah. That's why it's not okay for you to be angry. Uh, it's also not okay for you to be sad because if you're sad for extended periods of time, you can't produce. Okay. So it all goes back to production. Okay. So, so the re so and if, if you don't believe me, go in tomorrow to work and be angry. <laughs> and be angry all day. And you can go into work tomorrow and be sad. <laughs> You're more go than into work tomorrow. Go into work tomorrow and be sad. You can put all of this on Amrit. It's his podcast. <laughs> I'm just a I'm guest. Just here in service now. <laughs> go, in, go in tomorrow to work, right? And be insecure all day long. Just test this, test the illusion, test the illusion and watch what happens. Watch what happens. All of a sudden, you're going to, you're, you're going to, people are going to be like, what's wrong with you? The first thing they're going to say to you is what's wrong with you is something wrong. Immediately, the very second there's heightened emotion. It's wrong. There's something wrong with you. You're not wrong. You're alive. Yeah. Now, what I'm not advocating is going into work tomorrow, taking your keyboard and smashing it around somebody's head. I'm not advocating that. And as much as you may want to do that with some of your coworkers or even your boss, that is not what I am advocating. <sighs> what I'm advocating is the willingness to feel what you have to feel inside through to completion. Because your anger isn't about your coworkers. It isn't about your boss. It isn't about anyone outside of you. The reason why you're experiencing it is because it's inside of you. Human beings are self-enclosed units of experience. Yeah. We're self-enclosed units. Nobody's making us feel anything. Mm. Nothing's happening to us, right? We have to, we have to start to be, the reason why people aren't transforming is because of responsibility, responsibility, and courage. That's why. When anger arises, we have to welcome the anger. We have to be accountable and responsible for the, for the fact that it's arising and subsiding inside of us. Yeah. And if we can welcome that anger, and we can allow it to begin and end inside of us. That means that if someone says something and you get angry, don't respond, don't react, don't react. Relax and start to feel what's going on inside. There's something in you that's been disturbed. And the only thing that can be disturbed inside of you is the ego, is the identity, is the self-image. That's the only part of you that can be disturbed. Now here's what happens. Most of you defend yourself. All you're defending is the self-image and the ego and the identity. The identity. 
who you are at the level of the soul is neither for nor against anything. So, so one of the ways that you can tell that you're awakening is you're less reactive. You're less reactive. Okay. So when anger arises, please, 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 please. I love you so much because you're all an extension of me. Please. When anger arises, relax the body, become aware of the breath and feel what's going on inside because you are being given a golden opportunity for transformation. When sadness arises, instead of sticking your face in the fridge, trying to have sex with somebody, uh, drinking, doing drugs, engaging in consumption of spiritual content, whatever that is, put your attention inside and, and begin to breathe and relax because when the body relaxes, the mind and the emotions will follow. And what we want to do is get, get in touch with what's happening inside. Give that sadness our attention. Why? Because it's leaving. Same thing with our fear. When our fear gets activated, and, and another word for ego is fear, basically. It's very simple. The reason why we have this create itself is because we, we're afraid. It's not okay for us to be authentically who we are. So when our fear gets disrupted, that's awesome. At that point, what we have to do again is relax and breathe and put our attention inside. And it comes back to inner observation. Yep. The more we observe what's happening inside, the more we transform that, that energy in motion, that emotion. And the more it begins to move through us, the more that, that lens begins to get scrubbed. And at the, at the end of that, the more we're allowed to stream love, abundance, health, blessings, and grace into this world. So it's up to you to have the courage to feel what there is to feel. Yep. There's nothing wrong with you in that moment. You're just experiencing your anger, relax and breathe. You know, I did a great job on this subject in discovering your soul signature, which was my first book. Mm. And I wrote that book actually because of Oprah, because at the end of the Oprah interview, uh, she looked at me and she just winked at me and she said, trust me, write the book. And said, okay, all right. So I've just been told by Oprah Winfrey to write a book. Um, and actually in the history of Super Soul Sunday, I was the first guest on that show that didn't have anything to sell. <laughs> I hadn't written a book. There wasn't a program. There wasn't anything. I was just there delivering the truth. And, and that's why we had such a great interaction. I love right. So, so, and I'm still that person, yeah. even though today there's programs and there's things that you can do. It doesn't matter. Like I don't, I, I don't need anything from anybody. Mm. Like I love you all. Like all I want is to provide you as many breadcrumbs and as many nuggets as I can to guide you back to yourself because you matter to me, right? Like you, the quality of your life matters to me. Because until you're free, none of us are free. Mm. I want us all to be yeah. free. Yeah. I want us all to, to experience a quality of life that's amazing, right? Because we're enough. You know, even the title of the new book is You Are Enough, right? I mean, I'm so excited about that. People are going to be walking through the airport and walking through books. So they're going to see this book that says You Are Enough. <laughs> and it's coming out on, on March 3rd, 2020. Yeah. I mean, talk about activation, synchronicity, <laughs> changing everyone's universe, right? All of a sudden in this world of consumption yep. and this world of production and consumption, someone's finally having the courage to say, you are enough, okay? Absolutely. So please, when, when anger and sadness arises, don't buy into that nonsense that there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're human, you're feeling. We're not here to be robots. We're not, we're not, we're not here to accelerate the, the cycle of mechanization. Right, because eventually this is going to end up in here somewhere. Yeah. Right, they're going to find a way to put this <laughs> in here. You know, and I don't want that for you. Yeah, I don't want that for you. I don't want you to lose your humanity. Mm. If you have to lose your humanity in order to get ahead at work, you're in the wrong profession. Absolutely. If you have to lose your humanity in any way, shape, or form, then you're already heading down the wrong path. Okay, I don't want that for you. I want you to be human. I want you to understand that being human and being beautifully human is how we get there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your anger isn't wrong. Your sadness isn't wrong. Your fear isn't just nobody modeled it to you in a conscious way. Yeah. Right. The only way that anger has been modeled to you historically is someone gets mad someone punches somebody in their face. Okay. Well, that's unconscious. Okay. <laughs> that is not how you consciously experience your anger. Mm. Right. It's not how you do it. It's not sadness. Consciously experiencing sadness means you just it's about you. You're, you're with yourself. You're feeling what's going on inside of you. Same thing with your fear. OK, so please, 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 please give your emotions your attention. Give yourself your attention because you deserve your attention. Stop paying attention to everything outside of you and stop paying attention to what's going on inside of you. Because the more you do that, the more you clean the lens.
And the more you start to experience that everything is love, that everything is love, that everyone is love, that everything is love. And that all along, you've only been interacting with yourself. <laughs> I love that, brother. I have so many more questions, but I'm really mindful yeah, yeah. of the time. And I um, you know, there's this whole there's this whole concept of, you know, I I recently landed with the the idea that you know, I I've, I've been on the pursuit for purpose. You know, consistently engaging with you know purpose, purpose, purpose. Um, just and exactly what you're saying. There's this rub of consumption, you know, and I can feel that the gateway out is like, hey, like you know, and I feel like it's the bane of the existence of our generation, which is like, hey, we're like consistently looking for purpose, purpose. Why is this the next hot topic? And I definitely believe that we no longer really have diseases of. Uh, scarcity we have these diseases of abundance and so we've kind of moved through maslow's hierarchy you know so we're moving through to these other places where it's like okay now we're closer to self-actualization so now it's like well actually what is my purpose hang on a sec you know like like exactly what you're sharing like you know we're, we're running through this and i have i this download came in which was basically you know i have the audacity to think that i'm ever off purpose <laughs> <laughs> And that was huge for me as a realization to realize that actually even all the bits that are rubbing me the wrong way are completely in service to me. And I think that's what you were just sharing about the emotions as well. You know, it's like even when you're being challenged and these things, they're actually exactly how you put it. I love that metaphor that they're scrubbing the lens to bring you to where you need to go. Um, And that just having you echoing that to me is like, I can't tell you in this moment how deeply that's resonating. You know why that's powerful? Because uh, squirrels don't make mistakes. Uh, cows don't make mistakes. Uh, nothing in nature makes a mistake. There's no notion of a mistake in nature. We're the only species that has this notion of a mistake. And, and that notion of a mistake has been conditioned into us. Mm. But really, what if I were to tell you that you've never made a mistake? Yeah. That you've never done anything wrong. That, that, that actually everything that you've gone through is everything that you were meant to go through. Even those moments where maybe you thought about not being here anymore. Because I've had some of those moments too. Mm-hmm. But even those moments were essential. That every part of the human experience is essential. I think the biggest issue, brother, is that we think that we have a choice. And not to completely blow everyone's minds. But let's do it, okay? So... Yeah. Um, I only want what God wants for me. Mm. I don't want to live Panache's limited version of life. Yeah. I want to live the greatest, grandest version of my experience that I can live as defined by the energy that sent me here. Mm. <laughs> Instead of my limited vision board version of what my life is supposed to look like. The fact that we're asking human beings to imagine their lives for themselves, they're already using a limited apparatus in order to do that because they can only do that based on the framework that they have access to. Uh Right now, as we're sitting here, uh, there are so many things that are being evolved and so many things are being developed that we don't even know about that are beyond our comprehension. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so I don't want anything that God doesn't want for me. Yeah. And that's surrender. I don't want anything that the Shakti doesn't want for me. I don't want anything that the Holy Spirit or the Divine Mother doesn't want for me. Mm. I only want that which is in harmony with myself and that which is meant for me. And here's the difference between myself and most people in the world. I know that I can't miss what's meant for me. (laughs) Elaborate on that. (laughs) I know that I can't miss what's meant for me. I know that there's a destiny to my life there's a progression to my life that I'm living in a fully immersive VR that I programmed for myself. And that everything that I'm feeling as a part of that fully immersive VR experience, I asked to experience. I set it up for myself so that I could experience polarity or contrast or dissonance or, or having things be disturbed or experiencing peace or whatever that is. Like all of this has been designed for me, by me. And in that same way, your life has been designed for you, by you. It's just that you've forgotten. Mm. But, but, the, but literally, I can't miss what's meant for me. 
some of the greatest things that have ever happened to me happened to me. I didn't create them. I didn't make them happen. I didn't, I didn't engineer them. There's no way that I could have gotten to where I am today. All of these things happened to me. All of the great things that have happened to me have happened to me. I didn't make them happen. So I can't miss what's meant for me, and neither can you. The only problem is that you think that you should be somewhere else. You should be someone else. You should, be, you should have something else. You're living in this comparison of yourself with another person instead of living in your uniqueness. So one of the, one of the concepts that I want you to challenge is the, is, the, is the notion of conformity. Our uniqueness has been made wrong. Our uniqueness has been drummed out of us, but yeah. our uniqueness is the solution. Embrace your uniqueness <laughs> is the solution. Exactly. Yeah. And so I want you, please, all of you, to understand that you are not wrong, you are not broken, you don't need healing, you don't need fixing, you don't need teaching. You are just unique. Mm. Be unique. And in this world, in, in today's world, being unique isn't okay because everyone's looking for belonging and everyone's looking for conformity. So, for example, if someone's wearing off-white, everyone's wearing off-white. <laughs> if someone's listening to the Migos, everyone's listening to the Migos. If someone's uh, drinking uh, a narcotic in the form of lean or syrup, then everyone's drinking a narcotic in the form of lean and syrup. This is how we are. We have to break free of the herd mentality. Absolutely. Right? And it's the same thing as spirituality. If everyone's, if everyone's doing something, then everyone else is doing it. They don't even know why they're doing it. They're just doing it because everyone else is doing it. Mm. So find your truth. Challenge everything. Don't take anything on face value. Understand that I don't want you to believe in anything. I want you through your personal experience to know it to be the truth because when you know it to be the truth, it's yours. Mm. Until then, you're just taking on other people's information and ideas and ultimately limitations. Mm. Stop living your parents' version of yourself. Stop living the conditioned version of you that you received through your schooling. Stop living society's definition of you. Stop living this limited framework that we have called being human. Understand that you are technicolor, that you have choice, that you have options, that you have expansion. And all of that choice and all of that expansion and everything is a part of a predetermined timeline of experience that you are on and that you can't mess it up. Yeah, I really respect that. And I'm just feeling into all of that. And I'm just grateful in this moment that even all the release that is invited uh, by mm -hmm. the invitation to surrender um, actually feels like a release that is leaning me into greater peace. I'm aware mm -hmm. that for some people uh, tuning in that, you know, that invitation to release into surrender actually may be more <laughs> maybe more causing them uh, concern and squeam because there's a lot of room for ego to be like, what the fuck am I surrendering to? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, really grateful in this moment for how that's landing for just me personally in this conversation. So thank you for that. Yeah. And I think for everyone at home too, just please, please, please let go, let go, let go, let go, let go, mm. let go, 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 get it all off of you. Mm. You know, whatever it is that you believe in, hand it over to that. Hand everything over to that. You know, I, I had uh, the opportunity to have a lunch with a, a neighbor of mine, and uh, he's an amazing human being. He's built this huge business, and he's a very spiritual man. That's why we have a great connection. We, all we do is talk about God. We don't talk about marketing strategies, sales funnels, or, or any of that stuff. We just talk about God because, for me, if I'm going to spend my time on this planet, I want to spend it in meaningful connection and interaction, right? And I just thought, I asked him. I said, "So, you know, how did how did everything happen?" He said, "Nice." He said, "You know." I realized that at a certain point in my life, I was praying for all of the wrong things. You know, I was praying for more money, success, praying for all of these things. But you know what? It was making me miserable. Mm. But the very second I stopped praying for things for myself, and I finally started to just pray that I'd be used in the highest way to be of service, he said, my business and my life and everything in my life took off exponentially. Because in that moment, he demonstrated the courage required to surrender his life to something greater uh -huh. and that's what it takes that's what it takes it takes it takes the ability to transcend the individual and to operate from a platform of expansion that's beyond the individual in order to bring something dynamic into being so i just want to leave you with that you always have access to something greater you always have access to this infinite field of awareness and potential that you are and it doesn't listen if nobody in the world 
has been able to recognize the beauty that you are and the love that you are, then you know what? Let me be the first person. I love you. You matter to me. Who you are, the way you are, isn't a mistake. You're not broken. You've just been doing the best that you can with the information that you have. And it's not your fault that you haven't been receiving the truth. So here's the truth. Accept all that you are. Understand that everything's beginning and ending inside of you. And the more you can be empowered to navigate what's happening inside of you, the more everything that's playing out outside of you will take care of itself. I love you more than anything. And I thank you all for loving me. Oh, Panash, thank you so much. I really want to thank you for your time, your energy, your blessings with us here today. And not just today, you know, I know it's life is a journey and there's been so much that obviously you've stepped through, walked through, done the work on yourself and had to navigate the process to actually have such an informed presence and conversation here today. So I really just want to honour that and thank you for that as well. Thanks, brother. I love you. Wishing you all the best for what's coming up. For those tuning in, hey, guys, there is a book coming out, um, but there is, you know, you can walk over to uh, panashdesai.com um, and there's a great way to interact. There's plenty of resources there for you to get in touch with Panash. Is there any other way that you prefer for people to get in touch or is the website the best place? Website's great. You can uh, connect to me on Facebook. I go live there every day on Instagram and uh, I just share what's kind of going on and what I'm present to in the moment. It's a wonderful way for people to receive on a daily basis. Yeah, it's just really connected. I love you. Yeah, it's such a blessing. Thank you so much. Thanks, brother. Hey, tribe. Thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health, and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.